Good morning, church. Buenos dias. Well, it seems like saying buenos dias is bringing more Hispanic people to the church. Um, this week, Thanksgiving uh, week, we received a wonderful blessing, and my family grew from three to five. Instant family. So we have Brenda and Stephanie. Can you say hi so they can see you? I saw, I watched a movie called Instant Family, so I saw that and I said, that's me right now. So that's the, that was the title for the uh, weekly email, Instant Family. That's what I got. Boom, kabunga, you have from three to five. Well, remember that we are supporting the church, encouraging you to support the church, um, but we want to highlight that when you give to the church, you are not only supporting our missions and programs, but you are also supporting our people. So I know that most of you know people, others are new, so we want to introduce the staff to you. And today we have wonderful woman, Ashley. She does everything here, around here. <laughs> God bless you. And Betsy, the one and only in the house. Here we are. Um, yeah, so I have been blessed to be at St. John as your associate pastor for four and a half years. Um, yes, which has flown by in the midst of COVID and two babies um, that you guys have been with us as we have birthed those, so we appreciate all that. Um, I've also been blessed to be in a role that's expanded and grown as I've been here. Um, I had notes, but I gave Chris my phone, so I'm probably going to forget something, and that's okay. Um, but one of the, one of the, the, two of the main things that I do is I lead our discipleship efforts, which means I support our small groups in their growth and development, recruiting new folks, loving on those folks, um, helping our leaders to grow. Um, I also lead our women's ministry um, along with Beverly Smith, and I have a wonderful team who are on fire for God and loving our women here at St. John. That was a long, very th long three years of hiatus, and so we've brought that back this year, and I'm so thankful for the wonderful women that I have to help me um, bring that back to life and allow us to extend our love of Christ to other women in the church and community. Um, the second big job I do is help with our mission initiatives. Um, so uh, I kind of organize and coordinate all of the different mission things that we do here at St. John, which is a lot. I have a wonderful team that helps me do that. I definitely don't do that by myself. Uh, but one of the things I do is uh, support our Love Local campaign, which includes High Point, Bread of Life, and uh, Grace Kids. And so we have lots of hands and feet there. We send funds there. We support them in their many different things that they do. Um, we also have many mission partners like Prodigal and Hope Health and Go Ministries and Portland Promise and Lighthouse Ministries. We have so many mission partners that we have the pleasure of getting to serve so that they can also extend the love of Christ in all that they do. Um, I also have um, a pretty big part in worship service. Um, I sort of shepherdize the worship, and so I work a lot with Kyle Ray, our music minister, on um, planning and how worship looks every single week and for our special events, and that's just a pleasure. I also get to preach every now and then uh, and sing, and so that's always fun when I get to do that. 
Um, I also help with our communications here at a church. Um, I work on uh, our sermon graphics and our video announcements, obviously, every single week I do those. And um, I help with our database, our congregational database, um, Church Community Builder, and also the app. For those of you that use that, I appreciate it. We put a lot of effort and work into that so that we can try to stay connected with everyone. Um, And then when I worked in human resources for about five years, we in every job description, we'd always throw that last line on there that was, and other duties as assigned. Uh, I have lots of those, uh, especially being at a church. You never know what somebody's going to come in needing. And so uh, I get the pleasure of doing a lot of administrative things, but also just loving on people when they come in and they need somebody to talk to, um, pastoral care, congregational care, which are things that I love whenever I get to be with people and actually spend time with people. Um, and so it's just been a pleasure to be here. I love being here. I love everybody here at St. John, and I really appreciate all the ways that you have supported me and my growth as a pastor. Um, and I just, I just love y'all. You're awesome. Thanks. Thank you. Hi, I'm Betsy Keefe, and I have the incredible privilege of being the Minister of Children here. Um, God called me this position 10 years ago, which I can't believe it's been 10 years. It goes really fast. And, um, but uh, I have a bigger part of the membership of this church. My husband and I will be celebrating 30 years of membership this next year. <laughs> so. I have the blessing of knowing most of you outside of the barn. I do come out of the barn sometimes. I was so excited when, when Yoshmar said, you can come in church on Sunday. I was like, yeah. I don't get to do that very often. Um, but I get to be where I want to be, and that's with my kiddos and many of your children. Um, right? I, it was hard for me to like kind of get everything in that I could read. And I even forgot some of the stuff at 830 because, yeah, I'm not on good note taker person. But anywho, um, so I do Sunday mornings, obviously. Um, I uh, have all the curriculum ready, all the rooms prepared for my kiddos. Uh, I have a beautiful, wonderful staff. I have uh, Lauren Krauss and uh, Caitlin Banks that help me with um, the preschool program. And then I have uh, Krista Curtis who does the nursery program. So I'm very blessed to have a wonderful Sunday team that I get to work with. Plus a number of parents in here have volunteered. Okay, come on parents, if you volunteered for me, put your hand up so we can see. I have lots of parents that volunteer. I couldn't do without them. And um, besides that, Sunday is really my main focus, I think. But then throughout the year, we have many things that go on. Vacation Bible School, which I've always loved. That's my baby and um, huge outreach. Um, We're getting ready right now and starting already with Upward. And Upward is huge. And gosh, this year we have 181 basketball players and 20-some-odd cheerleaders. So we're over 200 in the program. So... That's, that's a huge thing. And I couldn't do without Don Dugan. Woohoo! And Dave Walton, who are our director and co director of the program. I'm so grateful for them. And that's a huge uh, step up and say yes to the Lord. But um, I also have the privilege of working with our after school children. I get to do chapel with them weekly on Fridays, which is a sweet blessing for me. And um, just recently, we've uh, gotten back involved with our preschoolers, and I get to do chapel with them a few times a year, which I really appreciate, too. I just can't tell you what an incredible privilege it has been to do so many things here. I get to work with our um, mothers with mops. I get to um, be with our children on Wednesday nights with Awana. 
Um, there's so many things that God has blessed me and allowed me to do here. And it's just been a fabulous experience. You know, when I was a child and, you know, all my schoolmates were like, I'm going to be a doctor. I'm going to be an aerospace person. I said, I just want to be a mommy. And God gave me all these children to mother. It was like such an incredible blessing. Because for those of you that don't know, I was with the preschool for over 18 years before I started into full-time ministry. So um, St. John has just had my heart for almost 30 years. And I thank you for the way that you support our ministries and for the way you help me love on our children. Thank you. So we continue building up on this idea of holistic giving and being responsible with our stewardship. And this week I had a conversation with Jackie and when I heard her testimony, I said, Why you, you know, are, you, are you open to share that with the congregation? And she said, yes. Um, so every time a Cuban asks you something, you better be ready because if you say yes, <laughs> it's yes. So Jackie, can you come and share with us? Put your hands together for her and just... Thank you. Good morning. This is a story about a coat, not really, though I thought so at first. You see, to me, I had the warmest, most beautiful coat in the world. I loved it more than any of my worldly possessions. I volunteer at the Lord's Kitchen, where we serve hot lunches to the homeless, the addicts, and the poor. I'd worked there about a year when on a very, very cold day in winter, I wore that coat for the first time to the Lord's Kitchen. My job is to fill plates with hot food and usually fruit. But on this particular day, for the first time, we put the fruit in cups. That's very important. When mealtime was over, we locked the doors. I always saved food for the people who would come to the back door who had missed a meal. A homeless guy named Puckett, who also volunteered there, was the only one allowed to unlock and open the back door and hand out a plate. There was a knock on the door and Puckett came and said he needed two plates. He usually could do that by himself, but because we had put fruit in the cups, he couldn't carry two plates and two cups, so I had to go with him. There was one girl standing inside the back door and he put a plate down in front of her. No one is allowed to come in the back door and no one is allowed to eat in the back room. But there she was. Why did Puckett ask for two plates and there was only one girl? Which caused me to have to go with him to carry the fruit cups. I don't know. The girl had no coat. I said, where's your coat? She said, I don't have one, someone stole it. I said, wait just a minute. Holding back tears, I got my beautiful coat and I put it on her. She said, it's so warm. I said, I know. Still holding back tears, I left her and finished cleaning up and got ready to leave. Puckett said, you don't have a coat. I said, I know. He said, you know she's a whore. I said, I don't care. I got in my car and began to cry. 
I thought about sacrificial giving and how much it hurt. I had given away the best I had. I went home and had to buy a new coat, but I never found one as beautiful as that one. I kept thinking about that girl and how warm she must be, hoping that no one had stolen her coat again. I thought and thought about my coat, my sacrificial giving, and the coincidences that day, or were they? There was unusual circumstances that caused me to wear that coat on that particular day. It was the first time we put fruit in cups. There was one girl, two plates. The girl was inside instead of handing a plate outside. Shortly thereafter on a Sunday morning during church service, I could not tell you what the preacher said, but I heard God. And this is what he said to me. It's not about you and your sacrificial giving. It's about her and my love for her. I learned a great lesson that day. Whatever I do, good, it's not about me. It's always about God and what he's doing. I never saw that girl again, and I never saw my coat again, but I heard God, and that's all that matters. Amen. So it's not about us. It's about them. It's about those who are in need. So today, we're going to focus on Matthew 25. Matthew 25 is a very powerful chapter in the Gospels because Jesus is teaching here in verse the first section of Matthew is about the parable of the ten virgins. And Jesus is teaching about the kingdom of God, the second coming of the Son of Man himself, and the final judgment. And it's interesting that in the midst of that, he highlights this parable, the parable of the talents. So the first section when he's teaching about the ten virgins, five um, wise and five foolish virgins. The main message there is the, this idea of developing our inner posture to wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. He's coming. He's coming. Watch. Pray. Keep your lamp burning. And then he shifts to the second session, which is this, the parable of the talent, where he's teaching about a man, the son of man, who gave gold to a master who gave gold to his servants. To one man, he gave five bags of gold. To the second one, two. And the last one, one. And then he came back, the Lord came back, the master came back, and hold them accountable for those gifts and those talents that he gave them. So when he shifts to this section, now it's a, there is a tension between being patient, waiting, our hearts, our inner being, focusing on waiting on the Lord. But Jesus wants also to make sure that we don't stay waiting, doing nothing. He wants us to move 
and start working and doing things. So the parable of the talents is just the outward manifestation of the work of God, waiting for the kingdom, but working. And you see how these two um, servants, two of them got a very welcoming affirmation, joyful affirmation. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And we all want to hear that. We want, we want the, the servants of St. John to hear that from Jesus himself when you commit not only with your talents, but also with your time and your treasures. And God is teaching us that when we are faithful, those who serve, God will promote them to leadership. In the secular world, if you want to lead, you learn, you spend time in your developing your craft, your skills. But in the kingdom of God, if you want to lead, you have to work in your heart and become a servant first, and then you will lead. So this is a, a powerful reminder that Jesus is watching and expecting us as our Savior, Lord and Savior, to actually serve and do something with the gift and the talents that we have received. So basically, it's like when Jesus is asking you, how old are you? You say, I'm 20, I'm 30, I'm 60, I'm 40. What has been your contribution to the world? What have you done with the gifts and the talents I have gave you? And he's waiting for an answer. Now, the last servant did nothing with his talent, and the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has 10 bags. And this, you look at this and it seems unfair. You know, Jesus, when Jesus teaches, he's not too concerned about offending people because at the end of the day, People are in charge of their own emotions. You, sh you share the truth, and then sometimes people get offended, or they say it's unfair, but he's the master, he can do what he wants. It's a kingdom, not a democracy. <laughs> so when Jesus is teaching about this, he's letting us know that most, most importantly here is he's expecting us to act and do something with our gifts and graces. Now, when he holds this servant accountable, the servant begins to justify himself and blame the master for it. Uh, we know, I know, we know, I know that you are a harsh master. I, I was afraid. I didn't do anything with it because I was afraid and all of that. So we cannot justify ourselves. God is expecting us to put into practice and serve and give ourselves to the kingdom of God. And you cannot justify yourself. I cannot justify myself by saying, I was afraid, I was busy. Uh, I remember when God called me to preach my first sermon, I was like this, hiding behind the, the, the pew. And okay? That was the idea. And then my supervisor decided to show up that Sunday. Okay? So I was even more nervous, okay? So, but I did it. I survived it. And then after 52 Sundays, I was better. <laughs> then I thought, 
I got it, it's easy, done. I was like a fish in the water. And then God says, now in English. <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, ay. You know, so here, you know, you go, and you go through all of this and you grow. You grow. If, you, if, you are not, if you allow God to push you to, the, to be uncomfortable, it's, that's when you grow. That's when you grow. You have to challenge yourself. You cannot say, I'm, I'm afraid of speaking in public. I'm afraid of them. I, I'm, not, I'm shy. Remember this. If you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will make everyone, every person an extrovert. For the kingdom. You might be quiet for other things. But for the kingdom, you, you cannot hold back. You have to share about Jesus. You have to share what God did in your life. No one is an extrovert when you have the Holy Spirit. The fire of the Holy Spirit will come and open your mouth and you begin to share about Christ. It's impossible to hold you back. But we cannot justify ourselves. We have to press forward. And here's the main principle. Stewardship, multiplication, and eternal rewards highlight the impact of holistic approach to kingdom given. So here we are teaching about, this is more about the Commitment Sunday. The Commitment Sunday is every Sunday. This is a holistic approach. It goes beyond treasures. It's your talents. It's your time. So God is challenging us, and he's saying, I have blessed you. You can be generous on every occasion because God is saying you will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through generosity, your generosity will resolve in thanksgiving to God. So God bless you first, and now he wants you to bless others. And like in the parable of the talents, he gave five to one, two to the other, one to the other. They are all whole accountable equally. So some of you have an income of $10 or $100, doesn't matter. God is holding you accountable for what he already gave you, for what you have. So in that sense, we are all giving equally. We're, going, doing, we're all doing a sacrifice when we give. But the blessing here is that when we bless people with our giving, people start saying, thank you, God, thank you, thank you, God, thank you, God. In thanksgiving to God. This is a wonderful week of thanksgiving. It's a reminder of what we have, not what we don't have. So time. Say with me time. Say it again. Say it again. Here in America, there is a tendency in the churches to celebrate the uh, washing of the feet. How many of you know the ceremony of washing of the feet? Okay, so churches do that a lot. And they love it. However, that practice is very powerful in the ancient times because people used to walk a lot. They had sandals. And the feet used to get very, very dirty. Okay, so washing of the feet was like, wow, this is awesome, right? Now, I, I, I have a thing about touching people's feet, but... <laughs> in the name of Jesus, I've been doing that for 20 years. Uh, but... <laughs> What is equal to washing of the feet now in the 21st century that is meaningful? I will share this with you. The practice of washing of the feet is important, 
But if we want to really highlight that practice, what is equal in America to watching people feed in the ancient, in the ancient times? Giving people time. Watching on the feet, easy. Giving people time, sharing your time to other people, visiting people, going to the hospitals, going to prison, visiting people, having coffee with them, that's huge because people have no time. So God is also saying to us, I want you to be a good steward, not only of money, but also of time. And here it is. So we're going to kill that excuse before you today. We are all giving 168 hours per week. How many hours? 168. So, if you work 40 hours a week, that's 40 hours. Now, I give you, I'm, I'm, I'm being generous with time. So, if you are a workaholic, six days. 48 hours working. Then you add to that another eight hours, seven days, for you to sleep and rest. Those are 56 hours, which if you sleep eight hours, you are a baby, okay? I wish I can sleep eight hours. But I'm going to give you that, 56 hours. You put that together, you have 104 hours just working and sleeping. Working and sleeping. And you're, you have remaining every week 64 hours, which is a lot. So if, I, if you spend another 40 hours with your family, with your children, doing things in the house, you still have 24 hours left. And then you want to go to the gym, seven hours, one hour, or two hours. Then you, you still have 12 hours left. If you start praying, you still have seven hours left. So my question is, what are you planning to spend your time? What are you doing with your time? So when people say, I have no time, what, they, what, what we are actually saying is, I don't know how to manage my time. Because we have 168 hours. You come here every Sunday for one hour and you're doing this. After God is giving you 168. 168 hours for you. And he's, he's only asking you for four hours. Come on. Can we do better than that? When, when we come here, just be here. Be present. Worship. Love him. He's so good. He's always giving us more than he demands back. Talents. So we have been teaching about talents and the idea that he wants us to use our talents and our gift and graces for the kingdom. Nothing, is, nothing goes to waste. He's challenging us. Put that to work for the kingdom. Invest, multiply, work so God can use your talents to bless other people based on Matthew 25. Treasures. We already thought about these three levels of giving, tithing, offerings, and alms. Three different levels of giving. Tithing is 10%. Offerings is out of your, your heart, what, whatever you desire, you know, whatever you, based on, on, on how grateful you are. And alms, same thing. Alms is charity. You give that 
uh, people on the streets. You give it to organizations that are giving. We have many people that are doing that. But the main thing is to see the difference between the Old Testament giving and the New Testament giving. Old Testament giving was for the maintenance of the house of God. Old Testament giving was for the maintenance of the house of God. New Testament giving is to fuel the vision of making disciples for the transformation of the world. We went from mountains to movement. So God is saying now, the people of Israel, they used to give just for the temple. You are giving to transform the world. So it's so powerful. And God is challenging us to understand and to have a global vision and mission so we can use our resources to impact the world. So being faithful, have this commitment. We have the Commitment Sunday but emphasizing the importance of honoring our commitments. It's not only about doing the commitment, but honoring the commitment. Honoring the commitment. Honoring God and support the church and its mission here at St. John. And there is a miracle here that I don't know if you are aware. I've been teaching and sharing many, many times that we are a congregation of 250 people. And we used to be five Say with me, 500. Say it again. 500. Now, here is the miracle. I check with the finance team, and I don't know how, but we lost 50% of the congregation. Now, the giving only decreased 20%. That's a wow. That's a miracle. So... Half, I'm, 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 when I say 500, I'm being very conservative. It was, it was more than 500. But we lost all these people, and somehow we only lost 20% of our giving. What does that mean? That the faithful servants are here. So do this well, servant. Can you clap and say, Good, do- good job, good servant? So the good servants are here, didn't go anywhere. So let's stop lamenting that people left. And let's appreciate the people that are sitting by your side. And love them and say thank you because you are the one supporting the church and the mission of the church. Thank you, Jesus. Now, we are also teaching about finances because it's a discipleship matter. So we, we want to submit all our life to God, and discipleship is part of it. We want to be radical in our giving, not only prayer, fasting, but also giving, radical generosity. This is what God is saying to the church. Not that I desire your gift. What I desire is that more be credited to you and to your account. So when we teach about finances, it's not that the church is after your wallet. Is the fact that every time you give, your account in heaven is credited. And God remembers what you did for the poor, what you did for the church. And that's the most powerful way to build wealth in heaven. And that's what Jesus is saying. Build wealth in heaven. Not only here, but in heaven. And God wants to do that and credit to your account because you are giving by faith through grace. What is the call to action that we have? Number one, 
give priority to the kingdom. Use your talents, especially those who are blessed with ideas and, and how to create businesses and opportunity and, and produce um, results and doing all of that. Give priority to the kingdom of God. Use your resources to help to, ex to, to fuel the vision of God on earth to make more disciples. And also bless your family and bless those around you. Continue to grow in stewardship. So learn. Today in the 21st century, everything, you click and you learn. So you don't have to pay for everything and everything. I see people paying for stuff that are free on YouTube. Okay? So you go learn. Learn, learn new ways. Keep learning. Your brain is a muscle. If you keep training your brain, your brain keeps developing. People say, I'm old, I'm forgetful. No, you're not forgetful. You're not forgetful. You stop training your brain. That's one of the issues. The second issue is divided attention. When you are older, you need to do less stuff. And the less you do, the more you can focus. You cannot keep doing things like you're 40. There is a time for everything and a season for everything. Live with an eternal perspective. Shift your focus from temporary gains to eternal rewards. People have a big thing in the 21st century with legacy, 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 legacy. Well, legacy, my legacy, your legacy is what Jesus has done. We want to be remembered by our family, but I want the world to remember Jesus, what Jesus did, not me. I want my children to remember me. The world, I want the world to remember Jesus, that everything I did was for Jesus. That's my legacy. That should be your legacy, my legacy. And that's eternal rewards. Everything we do is for kingdom impact. Our role as a steward is to be faithful and faithfully manage the resources entrusted to us by God. Everything belongs to whom? To God. Everything. He's the source of everything we have. And it's so important because there is a difference between a source and a system. A system, the system of the world is your job, your business, people. God used people to bless you. God used creation to bless you. God blessed you and blessed me directly through Jesus. That's the, that's the system. But the source is God. So if you lose your job, don't worry. That's part of the system. Who is your source? God. So you make sure that you don't lose your relationship with God and everything will be fine. And sometimes we lose a contract. If you are a business person, you can lose a job. You can lose this and lose that. But it's God reminding you that he is the source of your resources, not people. And sometimes we are too comfortable and we forget that. So God said, let me remind you who is Jehovah Jireh, who is your provider. It's me, not you. Or you get sick, you cannot get up. Most of the work that we, did, that we do depends on us being breathing. You get sick, you got diarrhea. Now you cannot get up, but you still can pay your bills. How is that? God is your provider. He's the one who supports your home. He's the one who does that.